0: If you haven't already hit the like button, pound that like button, make sure and share this on your Facebook page. Make sure and share this with your friends and family, because what we're about to go into is the most important thing on planet earth right now for people to hear. And that is the word of the living God. Father, I thank you this morning for giving me a word, for giving me a message. We're going to go right to your Bible, and I'm asking that people would hear your voice and not my voice today in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Listen, I love to bring the word of God, and I wish every time that, that I, I, I prepared a word, it was like this radical encounter, but the truth of it is, that's not the fullness of being a Christian, Uh, being a Christian is not, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips all the time and riding roller coasters and, 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 and a, and a cushy soft life. Matter of fact, I want to just let you know from the jump, I can't offer you a soft life. I can't offer you a life without trials and tests, but what I can offer you a life, what I can offer you is a life that is worth living. And this morning, I want to talk to you about kingdom. Everybody right where you are, just say kingdom. See, kingdom is the the concept that we find knit all through the Bible, stitched all through God's holy book that literally changes everything when you get a revelation on kingdom. In the book of Genesis chapter number one, God created man in his likeness and in his image. Genesis chapter number two, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And in both one and two, he declares that he's giving man dominion. Everybody say dominion. See, dominion is a different thing because dominion means a dominant position. God's will is that humanity would have a dominant position on planet Earth. Now, that's a shift for some of us. Maybe you've never heard this before. Maybe somebody shared this with you on Facebook and you're like, let me see what this preacher in a hoodie's talking about. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about kingdom. And the same way, when I keep saying the word kingdom, something jumps on the inside of you. That is the thing. It's called bearing witness. Is how the scripture scripture calls it. That's how you know what I'm saying is accurate from the word. It bears witness with you. God's intention is, for planet Earth, was for his created children, the sons and daughters of God, you and me, humanity, to have dominion and authority right here on planet Earth. So it was a time when God created man, he formed man, he gave man dominion, and then man began to make decisions. He began to call this animal a rabbit, this animal a donkey. He said, that thing's fat, looks funny, and has got these long things coming out of its face. I'm gonna call that one a walrus. He said, that one's fat and it and it's and it's it, it walks around and it looks like it you know does good in water and on land. I'm gonna call that a hippopotamus. That one's tall with a long neck and spots, and we'll call that a giraffe. And he went through naming all the animals because here's what happened God called everything into existence until he had formed man. Then he called man to do What man was entitled and entrusted to do. In other words, Adam was calling the animals what they were. And then we get to Genesis chapter number three. Adam and Eve are tempted. They sin in the garden. And now something happens. The curse is instituted on planet earth. Now the curse, because of sin, has the opportunity to take place on planet earth. This is a very important thing because... There's a lot of things we're not going to know the answer to on this side of eternity. Why do bad things happen to certain people? Why do good things happen to people that hate God and and spew venom against God? I'll tell you why. It's because we live in a cursed world. Now, a part of the curse, and you can see this in Genesis chapter 3, was thorns began to grow. I don't know about you, but I've tended a few gardens in my life. Again, I'm from East Texas where we we spent a lot of time outside uh, um, raising what we would eat from time to time. and And if you've ever had a garden, you know that weeds are not something you have to plant. They grow on their own. You only plant what you want to grow, but all kind of other stuff's gonna try to grow. So that's what happened when sin came about. Now all of a sudden, Adam didn't necessarily plant thorns, but thorns began to spring up. And thorns came in once the curse was activated. So it's very, uh, uh, it's very obvious in the word of God that thorns represent the curse. Now, here's the reality. The Bible also says, cursed is any man that hangs on a tree. Sound familiar? Our king, King Jesus, he hung on a criminal's cross for you and for me. But before he hung on that criminal's cross, the Bible says they platted or they took a bunch of thorns and they made them into a crown to mock him. Those Those thorns represent the curse. So they took those thorns and they put them on our Savior's head and they mashed him into his head until he began to bleed from them. In other words, King Jesus has already been crowned. Listen to this. This is very important. Remember, we're talking about kingdom. King Jesus has already been crowned with the curse. In other words, our king has already borne the curse. It is not our responsibility to bear it again. The Bible says that he is the lily among thorns. So there was a crown of the curse that was placed on Jesus. You say, why is this so important? Well, the, 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 the name of the day that's going around the whole planet faster than anything is the coronavirus. Now, for some of you uh, that speak Spanish, uh, number one, shout out, te amo, uh, Dios, te, Dios te bendiga. Uh, but for those of you who speak Spanish, you already know corona means crown. So literally... They have this Corona or this crown virus that's going all around the world, infecting people, causing fear and doubt to be everywhere. And the challenge that we have is to stay faithful even in the middle of this situation. But one thing I want you to remember, that's not my crown. The Bible said Jesus already bore the crown of the curse. I refuse to put on a crown of the curse. I'll tell you what I will put on. There are there are, uh, crowns in the New Testament that belong and are a legal right for every believer to wear. One of them is an incorruptible crown. Now that, that sounds kind of interesting. What does that mean? It means it never rusts out. It never wears out. It's a crown that is everlasting, a crown of rejoicing. There's never been a time in my life where the crown of rejoicing is more important. You've got to hold on. The Bible says it like this in Revelation 3 and 11. It says, don't let anybody steal your crown. What'll steal your crown? Well, I'll tell you what'll steal your crown. Doubt, fear, unbelief, a constant barrage of all the negative information begins to chip away, and before you know it, you haven't rejoiced in the Lord in days, if not weeks. I'm here to tell you, don't let anybody steal your crown of rejoicing. Another crown is a crown of life. God said, God said this, Jesus said, he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundant. Don't let anybody steal the crown of life that God has placed on your head. The Bible is very clear that the enemy is the one that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Another crown that you and I have the, the right to put on and to wear and to hold on to is the crown of righteousness. The Bible says that you and I have been justified by Christ. We have been put in right standing. That's what righteousness means. We have been placed in right standing with God. Don't let anybody steal your crown. Now, what I want you to do throughout the rest of this whole uh, season that we're in is to decree and to declare. Every time you feel just that little bit of uncertainty and fear, I want out of your mouth, I want you to say, that's not my crown. I was not crowned with uncertainty by my king. I was not crowned with sickness by my king. Matter of fact, unlike other kings, our king, the Lord Jesus Christ, he left all of heaven and came to planet earth to take the criminal's cross and the cursed crown on his own head so that you and I would be able to stand in this day while coronavirus is running rampant around the world and declare bold as lions, not my crown. See, it's a shift when you begin to stand in faith. So I'm sitting in my office yesterday and we're finishing getting everything together for today uh, for our live stream services, trying to make sure we had all the pieces in place. I'm so thankful for our great team. I want to give a special shout out to all of our team, our media team that has just worked around the clock to make this happen. It's a blessing to serve God alongside you. But I was sitting in my office and people were coming in and going out. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? We need to get this. We need to get that. We need to move this. Don't need to move this. All these things going. And I had the thought, I said, I need to look over my notes. And that's what I say when I'm talking about studying. I want to look over my notes because a lot of time I'm reading the word. A lot of time I'm looking over my notes. A lot of time I'm meditating. A lot of times I'm just uh, rehearsing a word over and over again in my spirit. In other words, I'm taking a Bible verse and I'm just meditating on it. Is there anything else there? Where, where have I seen that in the Bible before? Where does that apply? How, how can I teach that in a way that's relevant to right now? I'm just going through it. And I said, I said, Lord, I, I need to look over my notes. It was a very busy day. And as soon as I said it, God dropped a message in my spirit, just like that. Now, I don't know. I don't necessarily wish it happened like that, even though I've said it before. I wish that happened every time. I don't know if I wish that, because there's something about pursuing God, that you find him in the pursuit more than you find him in what you thought was the destination. So I appreciate the pursuit of the word of God. I I appreciate enduring to find revelation. I love revelation from God. But God dropped a word in my spirit, just like you would download something like you're going to download later, like you're going to download later and watch the kid services just like that. Just as just, it wasn't there. And then it was there. See, we're in a season right now where every one of us is being tested. Now it's critical for you to know last year in 2019, I always spend the last two months of the year praying over what God would have me say about the next year. And around November, December, God began to speak to me about 2020 and how it would be a year. Of, listen to this. You're gonna wanna share this with all your friends and family because it's important to know that God's not shocked about our situation. But God told me it would be a year of graduated testing. Matter of fact, you can go to my Facebook right now and you can watch I had them cut the segment because I literally shared that word on December 31st, 2019 at our New Year's Eve services, a year of graduated testing. I read the news this morning. I read the news every day. Every news outlet is screaming about testing. Every news outlet is screaming about we don't have enough tests or why are there more tests over here? Why are these people being tested? Why are these people not being tested? And, and, And testing is the hottest topic on planet Earth. And God told us it would be a year of testing specifically graduated testing you know david killed a lion and a bear before he killed goliath the first two were a test that he graduated and then he killed the giant then after that he graduated to be able to endure even while saul was trying to kill him and with this coronavirus even if you have ever been uh if you have ever been considered positive for the coronavirus If you have a negative test after that, you have to have another negative test. In other words, you have to have one test and then a graduated test. See, God knew this was going to happen. He didn't do it, but he's going to get glory in the middle of it because people like you and me, we refuse to buy the lie of the enemy that God doesn't want us to do well, even in challenging times. So it's a year of graduated testing. What does that even mean? It means without a test, there's no testimony. I'm going to say that again. Without a test, there's no testimony. I can't offer you a life without trials and testing. But I can offer you a life that is worth everything you'll go through. The heroes of our faith talked like this. I count it all joy to be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. Jesus did not die for the American dream. Jesus did not die for the American dream. That doesn't mean that it's not God's will to prosper you. It is 100% his will to prosper you and for you to be in health. But we can't let what society considers success become what the church considers success. Success is what God says it is. And success is a life well-lived, a life in service to the kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. A life well-lived in service to the kingdom of God. And the only way that we see the kingdom of God flex its muscles is when we are tested. So here's the word that God told me. He told me, title the message, tested positive. Tested positive. In other words, when you go through life, you're going to be tested. What I want you to do is to be, when you are tested, I want you to remain absolutely positive positive that God's going to do exactly what he said he would do. Let me bring to your remembrance, Moses. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. And as soon as they got out of Egypt, the Bible says that they came in front of the Red Sea and there's this huge body of water in front of them. And you got Pharaoh and his army that's coming in chariots behind him to kill him. And so they got death on one side and death on the other side. And the Bible says that Moses is standing there and the people started talking to Moses like, man, you're crazy. Why are you talking about faith right now? Why are you talking about believing God right now? Can't you see there's a problem behind us and a problem in front of us? And Moses says, God is going to deliver us. The question is, when you are tested, can you remain positive that God is going to in fact take you through the valley of the shadow of death and bring you a victory like he has done countless times in your life. The Bible says that even those close to Moses says we should have stayed in Egypt. If we'd have stayed in Egypt, at least there's graves in Egypt. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't have any intention of dying in bondage. I have every intention of when I die at 120 years old to die honoring God and glorifying God and declaring that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Moses is there and everybody's saying we should have died in Egypt and the Egyptians are coming in chariots to kill him, and the red seas in front of them. And, and Moses looks at God. He says, God, you got to deliver us. And God says this to him. I'll paraphrase for you. He says, why are you crying out unto me? King James says it this way. Wherefore thou criest out unto me? He said, stretch forth your hand and you tell the water to get out of the way. I wish the church of the living God would rise up in faith, would take up their kingdom position of dominion and authority and begin to call things are not, and thought things that are not as if they were. In other words, it's time to rise up as a church and declare not my crown in Jesus name. Because when you are tested, You need to be positive that God's going to do exactly what he said he would do. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is is in the book of Daniel. And there were three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Bible says that they would not serve any other gods, but there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar. If you're sitting on the couch next to somebody, just look them right in the face and say, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a king and he had this big statue built of himself. And he said, if you hear music, you got to bow to this statue. And the Bible says that they played the music and everybody would bow down. But there was Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego just standing up uh, uh, tall and bold, just standing in faith in the name of Jesus. And they said, now, wait a minute. You guys are going to bow or we're going to cook you like a bunch of Hebrew hot dogs. We're going to throw you in a furnace. Let me say it differently. We're going to burn you. We're going to put you in a fire until you die. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we, we don't have to like think about this. We have already made up our mind. You play music. We don't bow to demons. We don't bow to viruses. We don't bow to statues. We don't bow to pagan gods. We only bow to our God. So they, they said, we're going to take you and put you in front of the king. They said, fine, take us to the king. That's why I keep saying kingdom. It's all about a kingdom. You may get drug in front of the kings or the rulers and the principalities of the world. But our king has already given us total victory. We are representatives and ambassadors of a whole new kingdom. And when Jesus was asked how to pray, he literally said... Pray that heaven would come here like it is there. That the kingdom would come here and function here like it is there. He didn't say pray that you exit out of here real quick. Oh, you got work to do. If you have breath in your lungs, you still have work to do. God has a call and a purpose on your life. What I want to know is when you are tested, can you remain positive that God's going to do what he said? So they dragged Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in front of Nebuchadnezzar. And they said, what's the problem with these guys? I thought they were good guys. He said, they are good guys, but they won't bow to your statue. Nebuchadnezzar said, why won't you bow to our statue? They said, we only worship God and we don't bow to any other gods or any other symbols or any other idols or any other pagan thoughts. Not humanism, not secularism, not this idea that man is smarter than God. We don't bow to that. We need God. If there's ever been a moment in time where America and the whole wide world literally needs God. You say, well, you know what? Church just makes me uncomfortable. People like you that talk about the power and the presence of God make me uncomfortable. Let me ask you this. Turn on the news and watch it for an hour and tell me how comfortable that makes you. We are in unprecedented times. We don't just want God to move right now. We absolutely need him to move. And he is on the move. And we will see the will of God come to pass. And this virus will drop and die. And a great mighty revival is going to come right in the middle of it in the name of Jesus. Just give yourself a big high five right there since we're all practicing social distancing. Give yourself a big high five in the name of the Lord right there. All right. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in front of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm going to throw you in the fire if you guys don't bow. They said, Nebuchadnezzar, I love how they answered it. They said, in King James, it says it like this. We are not careful to answer you in this matter. Doesn't that sound holy? I have already thought about this. I've already come to my decision that when I am tested, I will remain positive that God's going to do exactly what he said he would do. Nebuchadnezzar in a fit of rage says, I'm going to heat the furnace up. I'm going to build the fire seven times bigger. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said it wasn't the size of the fire that made our decision." So the Bible says that they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they tied them up and they threw them in the fire. And the fire was so hot that even the guys that threw them in the fire were killed by its flames. And what happened next was amazing because we all have to go through the fire from time to time. But the Bible says when we go through the fire, we will be refined and we will come out as gold. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar looked, he said, wait a minute. He said, didn't we throw three men in the fire, bound up and tied up? He said, we sure did. He said, well, I see four men in the fire walking around and none of them are hurt. And listen to this, one of them looks like the son of God. Jesus Christ will meet you in the dead center of every test you are ever put through on this planet. My question is when you are tested, can you remain positive that God's going to do exactly what he said he would do? I'm going to wrap this up with this right here. We're all going through something. The earth itself is travailing. Challenge after challenge is taking place. But I want to encourage you As you're tested, remain positive. I'll say it differently. Hold fast your confession of faith. In a letter that Paul wrote to a church, a church at a place called Philippi, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 6. He says this. He says, He says, being confident. Somebody say confident. Confident means I'm assured. I've already made my decision. You don't, listen, you don't fall into infidelity if you decide right now, I will never, ever, ever sleep around on my spouse. You just remain confident that you've already decided what you're gonna do. When you go through these tests in life, you remain positive that God's gonna do what he said. He said, being confident of this very thing, listen to this, that he which hath begun a good work in you. Now, the big question is, where's the root? The root is wrapped deep around the rock of ages because it wasn't you that started this good work. It was he, it was him that started this good work. And if it was him that started the good work, then it's on him to complete it. My job is to stay faithful. My job is to test positive. Said he which begun a good work in you will perform it. Somebody say perform it. It's a powerful thing when you begin to understand what he was really trying to say. That word perform it could even be translated perfect it. One translation says like terminate it. Like bring it all the way to its termination. All the way to its completion. Being confident of this very thing. He which begun a good work in you. He's going to perform it. Until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe this is the end of days. I know we're closer. But I don't believe Jesus is coming back today. If he does... I'm happy with that. I'm out here on the first load. Praise the Lord. But I don't believe he's coming back today. And I can give you a hundred reasons why. One of them is the Bible says it'll be like the days of Noah. People will just be going about their normal life. Look around you. It's Sunday at 1219 and you're not sitting in the house of God. This is not normal life. I don't think this is the time that he's coming back. The moment in time that he's coming back. But what I will say is this. Until he comes back, God is going to perform what he started in you. The challenge is, can you test positive? David was tested when the giant yelled at him, I'm going to kill you and cut your head off. But he was positive that the God of angel armies was going to deliver him. Paul was tested when he was shipwrecked on the way to see Caesar as a prisoner. And everybody thought he was going to die. and Everybody thought everybody was going to die. And Paul said, I can't die now. I am positive that God told me I'm going to see Caesar. So while he was tested, he was positive that God was going to do exactly what he said. So maybe that's you today. And you needed that. You needed to know that this is not foreign to god to be tested the bible says jesus was tempted with every temptation that you and i've ever been tempted of and he gives us victory over that he gives us victory over doubt fear unbelief and everything in between so my prayer for you today and i'm about to pray over each one of us is that while we are tested that we are positive that god will do what he said so right now just right where you are just lift one hand to heaven and let me pray for you father in the name of jesus for every person under the sound of my voice, live and watching the replay, I pray in the name of Jesus that your anointing would overtake them and that while we are all going through a trial, I find it very interesting to remember this, that it was the Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. Everybody says it's, at it, one thought, it's like the devil went looking for Jesus. I think Jesus went looking for the devil. The Spirit led him into the wilderness. And he was tempted. And do you know what his last temptation was? His last temptation was to be crowned effectively over different kingdoms. But Jesus said, not my crown. In other words, Jesus was tested. But he was positive that the good work that had begun in him would be completed, fulfilled, fulfilled perfected so father for every person under the sound of my voice I just speak a spirit of boldness over you today I speak the anointing and favor of God over you that even as we're going through these tests that you'll be positive that God's going to do what he said he would do now real quickly if you're watching this broadcast I'm about to close now about about to end this broadcast but if you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus first touch team members be at the ready If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that. Right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just say this right where you are. If you've never given your life to Jesus or you need to give your life back to him, just say this after me. Say, oh God, I give you my life fresh and new. I turn from sin and I turn to you. Write my name in your book. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Well if you prayed that prayer, we believe you've been born again and I want to know about it. Drop a comment in the comments below. I promise you there's lots of people watching right now that are going to be very excited to know that you gave your life to Jesus. Shoot us a direct message or reach out to us because we love you and we want to help. Love, we want you to help us love people and point them to Christ. Well, it's been an interesting weekend. Churches all over the world have had to adjust But I think the body of Christ is rising up. Make sure and check out the kids services that we have for you. Both the ones for the kinders as well as our kids service. It's on the New Heights Facebook page. Make sure and follow the Facebook page. Go and like the Facebook page, New Heights and Pastor Brian Hallam. And make sure you subscribe to get notifications. Turned on. Make sure you get your notifications turned on for both of those accounts. Also, go to Instagram. If you want to know what I'm doing on a regular basis, uh, you can see me more on Instagram. Matter of fact, that's one of the things that I've committed to do is I'm going to step up a little bit more. I'm a very private person, but I'm going to share more on Instagram and those areas. It's easier for me to do the Instagram at this point because I know it a little bit better, but make sure and go and follow me on Instagram and turn your notifications on as well. I'm going live more more than i've ever gone live uh, i've literally been staring at a camera almost all week ministering to people i've been on the phone with pastors all over the world ministers all over the world a lot of them are full of faith and a lot of them are really concerned right now and i just know that god's going to make a way where there isn't where there was no way can you say amen to that Well, praise the Lord. I love you. God bless you. Make sure if you haven't already share this message with somebody that you love. We'll be back live to worship with you this Wednesday night at seven o'clock central. So until then, let's all commit together to love people and point them to Christ.